You're listening to the Wrestling and More Pro Wrestling Podcast, the best wrestling podcast we can produce with our tiny budget. Check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, and maybe leave us a five-star review. If it's wrestling you want, keep it on Wrestling and More. Let's do this. Hello, hello, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Wrestling and More podcast with your host, Rob Goodwin. I am flying solo today. Garth isn't here, but don't worry, he will be with us later on in the week to talk through his Elimination Chamber predictions. But today, we are talking New Japan Pro Wrestling, and we're talking more importantly about uh, a couple of things to do with the New Beginning shows that have just happened, and looking forward to to shows that I wouldn't say have been classed as unimportant in the New Japan schedule, but ones that you can afford to skip. However, this year, with things that have gone on, which I will get into in a moment, the Honor Rising shows, the shows that are are co-produced with Ring of Honor, this year make for fascinating viewing and I'm going to give my predictions and my thoughts to those two shows um obviously the first on Friday and the first and the second on Saturday from Corrigan Hall but first the new beginning shows um of the three nights Osaka was definitely the best show a fantastic match between Sonata and Okada a fantastic match as was as expected between Will Ospreay and Hiromu Takahashi um I thought the match between Goto and Evil was disappointing, um, which which is a shame, really. Um, I mean, the match between Suzuki and Goto at Wrestle Kingdom 12 um, showed us that Goto can have those good matches, but I just don't think whether it was because Evil and Goto didn't have that chemistry necessarily or whether it was just because you know, occasionally people do have bad matches, but even so, it was, I found it very boring, and it's it's a shame, because I did I did enjoy the rest of the show, um, the rest of the show really went without, um, without anything too surprising, I don't think anyone went into uh, the new beginning in Osaka thinking that Sonata had any way, uh, had any kind of hope of coming out of it as the IWGP heavyweight champion, um, but this could potentially, depending on how he's booked, obviously I I have every confidence that he will be in the New Japan Cup and the G1 Climax looking later on, but it depends how he's booked and to see how he is going to respond to this booking. Um, because when Okada took on Evil, again, a good match, but Evil hasn't really done much since then. Moving on from Osaka, we had the two shows in Sapporo, and yeah, a couple of things to to mention. Um, the first, of course, um, Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki, took the Intercontinental Championship off Hiromu Takahashi. Um, sorry, Hiroshi Takahashi. Um, and to be honest, I think it was the right move. Um, and obviously Tanahashi's injuries are common knowledge 
his bicep injury, his knee injury, and that was something that was worked into this match. And I think it will give him, now after Suzuki brutalised him, I think it will give him the amount of time necessary to heal and to give people chance maybe to miss him, um, which is important. So obviously we have a new IWGP uh, Intercontinental Champion. At the end of night two in Sapporo, um, we crowned a brand new IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, the second after Kenny Omega, after Jay White, the Switchblade, managed to defeat Kenny Omega. Now, this is where things get sensationally interesting. Um, Upon claiming the belt, uh, Jay White was confronted by Hangman Page, who was clearly putting his name forward as the next challenger, uh, seemed to be stopping Jay White from having the belt. Um, Kenny Omega took the belt from Adam Page, gave it to Jay White as though to go, no, he beat me fair and square. That's the end of it. This caused Cody to lose his shit as he came down to the suit, looking resplendent to the suit. Um, coming down to the ring, I apologise, not suit. Um, came down to the ring and the two had an argument. Uh, they were flanked by other members of the Bullet Club, Marty Skirl and the Young Bucks. Um, and eventually, Kenny Omega ate a crossroads from Cody. Now, many people have said that this is the implosion of the Bullet Club. Many people have said that Bullet Club are, you know, in inverted commas, fine. It's it's going to be interesting, especially over the next couple of weeks. And this is why these Honor Rising shows are going to be interesting or more interesting than they have been in previous years. Uh, last year, title matches over the two nights, not one title changed hands. And, spoiler alert, I don't see any titles changing hands in these shows, to be perfectly honest. But... Um, that's not the reason we're reviewing them. The main events of both nights, the main event of night one is actually going to be a six-man tag. Uh, Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, and Chase Owens. Uh, Kota Ibushi coming to the aid of Kenny Omega at the end of the new beginning in Sapporo, reuniting the Golden Lovers, and they will be taking on Marty Skrull, Hangman Page, and Cody. Fast forward to night two, and the main event is going to be something extremely similar in Kota, Ibushi, and Kenny Omega taking on Marsko and Cody. Now, they have got the chance in these shows to really tell a story, to really further that story between Cody and between Kenny Omega. Obviously, the one-on-one face-off between the two of them is taking place at Supercard of Honor at WrestleMania weekend, which is a... Strange place to put it, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest. I can't really see why that hasn't been put onto the Strong Style Evolved card, but that's what's happening. So there's certainly a lot of intrigue in those two matches, especially especially as you've got other members of Bullet Club who are seemingly having to choose a side. You know, are you Team Kenny or Team Cody? Um I think Hangman Page has made his alliances very, very clear. I think he'll be Team Cody. But people like Marty Skrull, who are very much in the middle, it's going to be interesting to see where they sit. The Young Bucks, I imagine, are going to side with Kenny Omega. Obviously, the Elite is a hugely profitable thing for them. 
But where do members like Bad Luck Farley, the Gorillas of Destiny, Yajiro Takahashi, where do they fit into all this? And that's going to be the interesting story. Are Bullet Club going to implode? Are they going to split off into two separate factions? Are we going to have Bullet Club and the Elite as two different factions? Are we just going to have one person kicked out of Bullet Club? Is Kenny Omega going to reform the Golden Lovers and just stay away from Bullet Club? Is Cody going to be kicked out? What is going to happen? It's going to be interesting to see how these two shows are going to set up the storyline moving forward. But enough of that. Let's have a look at the cards for the two nights of Honor Rising from Currican Hall. The first on Friday, the 23rd of February. And the first match is a tag team match between Kitamura and Stohanare against Bullet Club members Yujiro Takahashi and Bad Luck Farley. Now, Kitamura's really impressed me over the last couple of weeks with his best of seven series. Obviously, he didn't win a single one, which is incredibly upsetting, obviously, if you are Kitamura, but I don't think anyone really expected him to come out of it with a win. Um, he took on people like um, Nagata, um, Nakanishi, and um, Tenzan. I, he was never going to beat them, um, but hopefully he learned a lot from those matches. Here, though, I fear he might be in there to take the pin. Uh, Toa Hanare just coming off the back of being a young lion as well. Um, I don't really see them overcoming Farley and Takahashi. Farley especially, um, who is always booked very strongly. I just I can't see Kitamura and Hanare coming out of this with anything but a fairly dominated loss. So I am going in that first match for Bullet Club, Takahashi and Bad Luck Farley. And I'm going to go extra and say that Bad Luck Farley is probably going to pin Kitamura, though it's going to be interesting to see the face-off between those two performances. Very similar. The next match is a six-man tag. We have got uh, Ring of Honor talents Cheeseburger and Delirious teaming with Jushin Thunder Liger, and they are again t- taking on Bullet Club members Hikuleo, Tangaloa, and Tamatonga, the Gorillas of Destiny. Um... <sighs> Interesting matchup. Cheeseburger, very, very popular in Japan with the New Japan audience. Um, don't know a lot about Delirious, and obviously Jushin Thunder Liger is Jushin Thunder Liger. However, what that team have got to gain from beating the Bullet Club team, again, I don't feel like there's a lot there. I feel like Bullet Club, obviously, it's all about Bullet Club at the moment. Um, the storylines are all about Bullet Club, and I can't see you know, a established talent such as Tamatonga and Tangaloa taking a loss to Cheeseburger and Delirious. I just I don't see it happening. Um I know Herculeo is still very green, um having skipped the extremely important young lion phase of his development. Um but yeah, I think Tamatonga, Tangaloa and Herculeo to pick up the win, I think Paul Cheeseburger is the person uh, who's going to be eating that pin. Next, interesting match here. And I think this could be one of the matches of the night. And I'm not just saying it because it involves the Young Bucks, but it also includes Juice Robinson, who, again, I rate very highly, having seen what I've seen of him this year. We've got David Finley and Juice Robinson, obviously taking on Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Um... See what I mean about it being very Bullet Club heavy so far? Um, I would be very surprised if the Young Bucks took a loss here. Very, very surprised. Um, 
David Finlay, not got a lot going for him. Juice Robinson has. I think he's a contender for the New Japan Cup. Whether New Japan go that way, I don't know. Um, I would like to see him do well in that tournament, uh, looking on then into the G1 Climax. But Matt and Nick Jackson, established team, strong team, entertaining to watch. I can't see them taking a loss here to David Finlay or Juice Robinson, to be perfectly honest. So, again, a third Bullet Club victory here. Next, fourth match of the first night, and this is the match I'm most looking forward to, bar the main event, and that is because it includes Hiromu Takahashi, who I just absolutely love. And we've got Kushida and Hiromu Takahashi and Flip Gordon in a special three-way match. I mean, you look at the work Flip Gordon is doing in Ring of Honor at the moment, check out our reviews on the website, he's just doing phenomenal work. He's increasing his stock tenfold. Kushida, we know what Kushida can do when he was the TV champion and the junior heavyweight champion. He was incredible. He was a strong threat. He obviously won the What Culture Pro Wrestling uh, World Cup as well. He's held in very high esteem. And in my opinion, not a lot has been happening for him um, over the last couple of weeks. Um, didn't have anything really in New Beginning apart from some six-man tags. No storyline progression really there. No, he was in the Fatal 4-Way at Wrestle Kingdom 12, but is there anything for him going forward? I suppose you could say the same about Hiromu Takahashi, really. He has just lost to Will Ospreay um, for the Junior Heavyweight Championship, um, but therefore does he need a bit more building up? Too many losses could potentially affect Hiromu Takahashi. So, again, is 20 minutes enough for these guys? I'd love to see them go longer, but... Most of these matches have got a limit. I think Takahashi's taking this, and I think he will get the pin for Overflip Gordon. Next, we have got the team of Taguchi, Jay Lethal, and Dalton Castle, the Ring of Honor champion, against Chucky T, Beretta, and Jay White. This is a coin flip, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, Taguchi, much to find him entertaining, he is a comedy act. I don't really see him with any real potential to go any further than that now, not at this stage in his career. Whereas Chucky T and Beretta, you know, they've got the whole tag team thing. You've got Beretta challenging for the Ring of Honor title the following night. Jay White <clears throat> at the moment is on this whole, I'm going to destroy everyone, I'm manipulating, I'm destroying the Bullet Club from, um, from you know, inside, I'm, part of chaos, but am I going to challenge Okada? I've just got the United States Championship. He has got the momentum out of everyone in this team. Um, I think it'll be a great match. Jay Lethal, fantastic competitor. Dalton Castle, really, really good competitor. Had a fantastic match with Cody at final battle for the Ring of Honor Championship. But I think this will be a victory for the best friends and Jay White. I think Jay White will win, and I think it will be a TKO with him using the elbows on Taguchi as he did against Toa Hanare um, at New Beginning in Osaka. So that seems to be the way he's finishing matches at the moment without using the Blade Runner. So that's what I think will happen here. We move on to the Never Openweight Championship match, and this has got 60 minutes limit. I really hope this doesn't go the 60 minute limit, and that's nothing against the competitors in the match. It's just that... I'd rather watch other matches on the card 
go longer than this. We've got the never openweight champion Hiroki Goto taking on the Beer City Bruiser. Now, I don't know a lot about Beer City Bruiser. I've seen bits of him in Ring of Honor, and what I've seen is basically he's Silas Young's lackey. Um, definitely not championship material. And as I stated um, before in the podcast, in 2017, none of the titles changed hands. <clears throat> and I think there was four, maybe even five, championship matches, whether it be Ring of Honor championships, whether it be New Japan championships. None of them changed hands. You look at this, Beer City Bruiser doesn't really appear in New Japan Pro Wrestling that often, if at all. Goto, a mainstay of... You know, the promotion. He's just beaten evil. Do you really see him losing to the Beer City Bruiser? I definitely don't. Um, so I'm going for Goto. And I think it's the only logical choice in this match, if I'm being perfectly honest. We move on to the main event of night one. And we have got Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, and Chase Owens versus Marty Skrull, Hangman Page, and Cody. Again. It baffles me why they are doing these matches on the Honor Rising shows. Now, whether they are just boosting the profile of these shows or whether they are boosting the profile of Ring of Honor, I'm not entirely sure. This is, in my opinion, you know, this is this could be a semi-main event of Sakura Genesis. This could be a, semi, a semi-main event of... Um, Power Struggle, something like that. One of the B shows, yet we're getting it as the main event in On Arising. And because it's On Arising, I imagine quite a few fans won't watch it, which is a shame. Um, It's difficult to see who is going to win this match. Because, like I mentioned before, Skrull, very undecided about who he is going to be siding with and he's made that really clear on Twitter as well Um, the matchup between Cody and Kenny obviously is just fantastic it you know the dynamic between the two of them is going to be fantastic Chase Owens unfortunately is the odd man out in this Um, Hangman Page has really impressed me the last couple of months from what he's shown me in Ring of Honor and what he's shown me in New Japan Pro Wrestling whenever he's been afforded the opportunity to Um. Chase Owens, again, underrated, but you look at the calibre of talent in this match and he's the one eating the pin. (laughs) Um, The result doesn't really bother me. It's how the story progresses from night one to night two, then going on to Strong Style Evolved and Supercard of Honor, where obviously Cody and Kenny take each other on. It's, I think, Team Cody will win this one. Um, and I think it will be Cody getting the pin over Chase Owens. I think this will inflate Cody's ego, and that will lead into night two. Um, I'm not going to fancy book it. I can't fancy book it. I haven't got enough knowledge of New Japan or Ring of Honor, really, to fantasy book it. But I just I see Chase Owens as the odd one out here. And I just feel like he's going to take the pin. Sorry, Chase. I do love you, really. But that's night one. Night one, done. It's a good card when you look at it. It really, really is. And obviously with this Bullet Club storyline, it certainly adds something to these cards because Bullet Club obviously does permeate both New Japan and Ring of Honor more than any other faction, really. Moving on to night two. Again, Currican Hall 
the following day, Saturday the 24th, um, we start off with a match between Toa Hanare and the Beer City Bruiser. Uh, the Beer City Bruiser, who I have already predicted will have lost in his um, in his quest to get the Never Openweight Championship. Here, against Toa Hanare, who is a glorified young lion, um, it will be very, very interesting to see if they put a Ring of Honor talent over him. Um, I think Toa Hanare is going to take this. And I've, ri- I've written down that this is the match that I I, I really don't know about. Um, not a lot riding on it. Um, like I say, neither has any momentum. Neither really needs any momentum going forward. So, yeah, I'm leaning towards Toa Hanare. You know, he could really utilise a win here. He could really capitalise on the momentum it would afford him. Again, sorry, Beer City Bruiser, I really haven't predicted you a great weekend ever. Um, moving on to the second match, another six-man tag, and, you know, there is a lot of multi-man matches. Um, apart from the championship matches, they are all multi-man matches. So, second match, again, a 20-minute limit sees David Finlay, Juice Robinson, and Jay Lethal taking on Herculeo, Chase Owens, and Yujiro Takahashi. Now, um, I did say before that Farley in the first night would be the difference in the two teams, between the two teams. Um, and Finley and Juice, I predicted losing. I'm, I'm going to go the other way here. I'm going to say Finley, Robinson, and Lethal. And the only reason I say that is because you've got three talents from New Japan in Herculeo, Chase Owens, and Yujiro Takahashi that aren't the most established, that aren't going to suffer with another loss. Whereas the opposite side, you've added Jay Lethal to that. Jay Lethal is fantastic. He is a main event star. I think that will have more of an effect on that team. Juice Robinson, give him more momentum going forward. David Finley, unfortunately, just it doesn't seem to matter what they do with David Finley. He is a glorified opening match candidate, which is unfortunate because he is pretty good. I don't like his boots, but there you go. Um, again, it could be anyone. On that Bullet Club team. Could be Hercule, could be Chase Owens, could be Yujiro Takashi, could be any of them taking the pin. But I do think that Finley, Robinson, and Jay Lethal will go over here. Third match sees Taguchi and Flip Gordon taking on Bushi and Hiromu Takashi. Now, again, Flip Gordon and Hiromu Takashi really could create magic here. They really could. Um, whether they actually will create magic, I don't know. Bushi's really good in the ring. Taguchi, again, comedy. It's going to be Bushi and Takahashi. Um, and I've got a feeling that's why Flip Gordon is paired with Taguchi because Flip Gordon then doesn't have to eat the pin. Um, I think missed MX from Bushi. I think Bushi will get the pin, but I think it will be Takahashi and Bushi to take it. Next match, fourth match down, 60-minute limit, another title match sees the never open weight six-man tag team champions Tangaloa, Tamatonga and Bad Luck Farley taking on Cheeseburger, Delirious and Jushin Thunder Liger, that team from night one. I've already said that I don't see any of the championships changing hands here and I mean let's face it they won't. Um, it's going to be interesting because I'm looking at the two teams there's only really Liger that stops this being a glorified squash match. 
Um, and, you know, New Japan have proved me wrong before, even with the Sonada and Okada match, that even when a match is glaringly obvious to finish, that they tell a story so well that you even fool yourself into thinking, oh, well, this could happen. But here, face value, I, j- I just don't see it. I predict a really big year for Tamatonga, um, one of the original Bullet Club members, and obviously with the infighting between the two supposed leaders of Bullet Club, he could really come to the fore here. Um, I see a win for Bullet Club. Um, and I see Tonga getting the pin over Delirious. Let's say that. I'm being oddly specific with these predictions today. Match 5 sees Chucky T, Yoshihashi and Jay White taking on the Bucks and Hangman Page, the Hung Bucks. This is another one I'm not entirely sure about. Yoshihashi, who was someone I did not care about at all, really, really impressed me in his match against Tetsuya Naito. Um, All new respect for him, I mean, I know he was in the ring with Naito, but he did hold his own, and his storyline, even though it was fairly... It was put in there to build the feud between LIJ and Chaos. I'm fully aware of that. But Yoshihashi, you know, he's been around for a while. And he did brilliantly with what he was given. And yes, I didn't really care about the match going into it. But it was a good match. He showed some good potential. He, you know, Naito made him look good, obviously. But Yoshihashi was good in that match. He's partnered with Chucky T, who, again, is part of a tag team Veretta. Unfortunately, that's all that I know about him. I'm fairly ignorant when it comes to Chucky T. And, obviously, the United States champion, Jay White, they're taking on the books. I just, I see... Ah, uh, this is a tricky one. I see, I've written down the books and Hangman Page. And... Obviously, the more cohesive team unit is going to have the advantage, and obviously the Hung Bucks are the Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions. Yoshihashi, who is a person who often takes the pin, is on the other side, so that could potentially work to the Hung Bucks' advantage. However, Jay White, that is the only reason that I'm umming and ahhing about not giving it to the Hung Bucks straight away is because Jay White is in the match. And again, as I stated before, when I was talking about the previous Jay White match, New Japan seem to be doing everything in their power to push Jay White. Um, no, I'm going to stick with my original prediction. I think Bucks and Hangman Page are going to take this. I think Jay White will have nothing to do with the finish. I think it'll be Yoshihashi who unfortunately takes the pin. <laughs> after having spent two minutes bigging him up earlier. Um, but I think it'll be a good match. Um, any match with the Bucks in is always entertaining. Chucky T, from what I've seen of him, is always really entertaining. I don't know how I feel about Jay White at the moment. I don't know whether it's too early in his gimmick to actually have a proper opinion. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, semi-main event. 60-minute limit. For the Ring of Honor World Championship between the champion Dalton Castle and the challenger Trent Beretta. Now, before I give my prediction, <clears throat> which you should already know, um, talking about Beretta. Now, looking back at Wrestle Kingdom 11, he was um, 
IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions with Rocky Romero as part of Rapongi Vice. Now, that team broke up in the middle of last year so that Beretta could be afforded the opportunity to become a heavyweight um, and make his way in the heavyweight division. The split was amicable. Perfect. Beretta certainly has the stature to be a heavyweight. He's six foot two, I think. Um, and he, he always did look a bit on the tall side to be a junior. However, you look at where he is now. We are in February 2018. And what has Beretta done? Really? He's challenged for the six-man tag championship. So he's still part of the tag team with um, Tomohiro Ishii and um, Toriano. Apart from that, what has Beretta done? Um, now, this match certainly has the potential to bring him out as a singles competitor, but everyone knows that he can go in the ring. Everyone knows that about Beretta. You've just got to look at some of his tag team work from Wrestle Kingdom 11 or even from Dominion. You look at Beretta, you think, hmm, he's a good wrestler. Do fans have enough to go on, to get behind him, to afford that push that he clearly needs? I don't think so as of yet. I see Dalton Castle retaining here. But it's an interesting path that Beretta's gone on. Um, Similar to Juice, Beretta could have a really, really good G1 Climax. And that could be his coming out party as a singles competitor. I think it's too early for him to have a good New Japan Cup. He's had no momentum built into him. I mean, I suppose you could argue that neither's Juice. But at least Juice is an established singles competitor. He's gone after singles championships, obviously. He went after Kenny Omega and the United States Championship. Beretta is yet to reach that level, and I don't think he's going to reach it here. I think he's got the opportunity to show everyone what he's capable of, but I don't think he's at that level as of yet. So, Dalton Castle to retain. Again, keeping up with my trend of all the titles being retained in these shows. Which brings us to our main event of the final night, which sees Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega take on Marty Skrull and Cody. Now, this... Even more so than the six-man tag in the pre- on the previous night, this will be the one because these are four men that are more than capable in the ring. Kota Ibushi is one of my favourite wrestlers. He's fantastic. He's so athletic in the ring. He's just a joy to watch. His match with Cody Rhodes or Cody um, at Wrestle Kingdom 12 was one of the black sheep to be match of the night. It, it wasn't quite there, but it was certainly... You know, that crossroads onto the apron was probably spot of the night. Um, But here, these four could create magic. Again, I'm not going to embarrass myself by attempting to fantasy book this match. I have no idea how it's going to go. I've got no idea who's going to go over who. But I'd like to think that they give this win to Ibushi and Omega if the win on night one goes to Cody Skrull and Hangman Page. You've got a lot of intertwining stories here. You've got the story between Koda and Kota Ibushi from Wrestle Kingdom and from New Year's Dash. You've got the story between Kenny Omega and Cody from New Year's Dash and the new beginning in Sapporo Night 2. So there are lots of interweaving stories here, and it's not just about the talent on show. It's about how New Japan are going to 
delight us effectively by telling us what is going to happen next, by showing us what the next step in this story is. Um, I know that there's been some more build in New Japan shows in Australia with the Young Bucks walking out saying it's not Bullet Club without Kenny. I know that they are building the feud even more on being the elite. Unfortunately, I haven't watched those. But I am really, really, really looking forward to these shows for those reasons, to see how Kenny Omega and Cody are going to coexist in Bullet Club if the Bullet Club is going to stay as one unit or if they are going to split into two different factions, the Elite and Bullet Club. And where are the other members going to go? It's going to be fantastic. So, ladies and gentlemen, there are my predictions and a few thoughts heading in to Honor Rising. I think they are going to be cracking shows. I really do. Um, obviously, nowhere near the amount of fanfare that other New Japan shows get, but certainly more fanfare, I think, than the 2017 shows. Having looked back at the card, there was certainly nowhere near the amount of story that there is going into the 2018 shows. What do you think? Do you think I've got the predictions right? Do you think I've been stupid do you think there is a glaringly obvious piece of storytelling that i've missed out on please let me know in the comments we are now on all good podcast apps not just on itunes but we are also on podbean iHeartRadio, stitcher we are working at getting on spotify so if you want to download all these episodes please do go and help yourselves you can find me on twitter at at real rob Goodwin, and we will be back later on this week with our Elimination Chamber predictions. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you guys again soon. You've been listening to Wrestling and More's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at WAM Podcast UK, on Facebook, and check out the website, wrestlingandmoreblog.weebly.com. Until next time, wrestling fans.